Welcome to the first ever podcast. I am your host, Jeremy Bohm. And if this is your first time here, this is a show where I ask artists of all kinds about the first experiences in their art form that led them to where they are today. My guest this week is Kat Moss of the band Scowl. They have a brand new record out called How Flowers Grow on Flat Spot Records, which you can get now. We spoke just before this record came out, so you'll uh, you'll hear we're talking about the anticipation of its release. Uh, this conversation was awesome. I've never met Kat before, and uh, it was it was great. It was a really fun talk. I uh, I look forward to seeing them live because I haven't had the opportunity yet. But before we get there, let's talk about my friends at Discovered Magazine. Discovered is an international print counterculture magazine encompassing the best of music, art, skateboarding, and anything with a punk ethos. Listeners get 10% off a yearly subscription using the code FIRSTEVER when they visit store.dscvrd.co. They're doing a lot of awesome stuff over there. Currently, Quicksand is on the cover of their most recent issue. You can get uh, special variants of vinyl records uh, that are discovered exclusives for bands like Drug Church, their new record, Anxious. Um, what else we got? See You Space Cowboy. They're, they're always putting these up, and it's great. It's really cool to see. Um, support them. They are awesome. Uh, what else? Oh, if uh, you feel like supporting the show a little more than just maybe subscribing to it on Apple or Spotify, which does mean the absolute world, uh, you can hit up the Patreon, which you can find at patreon.com slash the first ever Patreon, where today you can hear a bonus episode with Kat Moss, where she answers questions that were submitted to her by subscribers. That's one of the things you can do. You also get bonus episodes. If you've been checking out the Radio Hour episodes You get them a day early and also an extra two every single month. We're doing a lot of stuff over there that's just scratching the surface. There's a Discord channel. We're always hanging out. I absolutely love and appreciate everybody who does subscribe. We have a lot of fun over there. And uh, if you're subscribed at the $10 level, you will get the new gift, which is a first ever podcast 7-inch adapter, which has already been shipped out, but I got some more left over. So if you subscribe now, I got about 30 left or so. So, uh... Hop to it if that interests you. Uh, without further ado, though, let's hear that conversation. Here's me and Cat Moss of the band Scowl. Cat, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. Today's been it's been a day. I, I oh, apologize God. for being 15 minutes late. I was coming back from the dog park, and then I had like three different people trying to to call. It was it was a lot. Oh boy. Yeah. Do you have any pets? Um, I don't right now, but I grew up around a lot of animals, so I love them. They're unpredictable, you know. (laughs) This is also true. I have a I have a dog that we only recently started uh, taking to the dog park. She was a rescue, and she's like a little timid around other animals. And so far, she's doing okay. But we had to leave because there was a a a pack of uh, French bulldogs that all wanted to be up in her business and it was oh my god it became a kind of a lot so oh no so yeah um i'm excited to talk to you though uh i've been you know it's it's been kind of impossible to not um be aware of your band if you're if you're into like punk and hardcore or anything like that because it's been kind of 
being covered rightfully so so much lately whether it's through like this uh this show is uh one of our sponsors is is discovered magazine who has covered the band and uh and just yeah it's like we have a lot of mutual friends as i can see um uh luis hernandez is like i've known luis since he was like 13 years old so and i know he's like shot some photos and, and all that sort of stuff so um absolutely yeah how are you feeling at this at you know at this current point you got a new record coming out how's uh how's the excitement level it's it's off the charts i'm i'm really really excited i'm really nervous i have a huge kind of whirlwind of feelings right now about it um but everyone's been so cool about it and everyone who's heard it so far has been so nice and so stoked and has just like reaffirmed and validated my feelings about all the efforts we put into it and it's been a great experience so I'm I'm honestly really really excited right now but oh, that's awesome. it, it's been a lot of back and forth yeah I've, I mean having a record come out in this current time is adds such other stresses that normally wouldn't be there so to have this be the the first record during this time yeah, I, I I almost want to say it does get easier. Maybe I hope. I hope <laughs> the wait with the record plants has been a pain, <sighs> and and the length of time to just like even play a few of the songs with, you know, our the the pandemic shutdown and and the no shows. Um, it was a lot, but it also was a huge opportunity to really create for so many people. So I can appreciate it in some ways. Oh, that's, yeah, that's a great way. That, I mean, that's the best way to look at it. Absolutely. For sure. Yeah. I just, uh, I was just on the phone with, uh, one of the labels I work with and about submitting a record next week and was told that, uh, if we submit a record next week, that we should expect it to arrive to us in November of next year. Goodness. Which I was just like, uh. That is, that's a big sigh. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, what do you, I mean, what can you do? You just what can you do? sit on your hands and wait. Exactly. Exactly. It's funny. It seems uh, years ago it was everybody blamed the Beatles because they did this box set that held everybody up. But now currently the boogeyman is Adele, apparently. Yeah. So. yeah. Everyone's mad at Adele. And uh, yeah. a couple months ago it was Billie Eilish. So. Right. You know. Right. And let's just take a minute to laugh at the fact that we're blaming the artists. Yeah, not, right. Not not the monstrous corporations that are the ones that are behind it. It's let's let's make let's give the artist a hard time. It wasn't the point of punk to be so angry at the corporations? Oh, that's right. You know, that's right. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, so uh, I did. You know, in in the short amount of time between when we first spoke to where we are now. Um, I did as much research as I could in this short amount of period. So I know you're you're from Sacramento, but you uh, you live in Santa Cruz, or the band is based in Santa Cruz now. Yes. Um, what just out of curiosity, though, what um, did you go to Santa Cruz for school, or was it just like this is different from Sacramento, and I want to just be in a different place? You know, I I just needed to be somewhere else. Sure. I I didn't have a lot of interest to get to seek like a college education at the time that I moved here about like three and a half years ago. And right now I'm just too busy to do that. Sure. Um, but there's a lot of opportunities with education in this town and I think it's really cool. Uh, but I just wanted to be around like-minded individuals and be creating art with other creative people and, you know, be involved with music more, to be honest. Yeah. Is there any uh, banana slugs in the band? 
Yes. Yes. Of course there Malachi are. Malachi is a graduate from uh, UC Santa Cruz. He's a yep. slug. Yep. Um, lots of my friends are slugs. There you go. <laughs> for, for people listening, the, uh, the mascot is the banana slugs, which was made obvious to a lot of, or like a lot of people learn that because in Pulp Fiction, John Travolta is wearing a, a yes. banana slug shirt. The drummer <laughs> of, uh, of my band is a banana slug as well. Oh, no way. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. He, uh, when we first approached him to join the band, he dropped out of college and drove down and got in the van with us like a week later. Which, Amazing. But he, ju- because of the pandemic, he's now finishing school. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's, that's pretty funny. It's a roundabout. Right. Uh, did you have any friends that, that went that route too, where they were like, well, I guess I'm off tour and now I guess I should go back to school? I I don't know. I had a, a couple friends who in their free time started to actually find careers or have certain job opportunities that opened up while a lot of job opportunities were closed up and a lot of people lost jobs and it was really unfortunate. There's a few people I know um, who had massive opportunities because of it. Um, like Malachi, who plays in my band, he had an opportunity to work with the homeless community here in Santa Cruz through the pandemic. And it's become something he's really passionate at and really oh, good at. Oh, that's lovely. I love yeah. that. Um, so uh, I don't know how much you know about about this show, but it's all about first experiences and things like yes. that. And so the first question that you usually ask musicians is, uh, do you remember the first time that music connected with you to where, you know, a lot of times I've, I've sort of rephrased that question because a lot of times it's, uh, it could be like, you know, something like your parents are listening to, and then you connect with that, but which is wonderful. And that's like a great first, like peek into what music can be. But I guess the question now is like the thing that you felt was yours, like was different than what your parents liked. And now it's like some sort of new identity for you. Do you remember what that was? Oh yeah. I, I definitely felt like bits and pieces of that through my teen years and kind of preteen years when I stumbled across certain like kind of pop punk bands and things like that on YouTube. Um, But a really strong moment of that I can definitely recognize was when I really discovered punk music when I was about 18. And it was kind of this moment where like a little eureka moment. And I was like, this is how I want to dress. (laughs) <laughs> this is what I want to listen to. This is who I want to be. And I lived in this right. suburban town and I just, I just like, I have to be this all the way to a hundred. Like I have to be so aggressively this way. And I was just like against the grain from, from that moment. It, it just felt like it, it was just like a little shock wave for right. me. Did you, did you go full board with like, did you get like liberty spikes or like mohawk type oh, stuff yeah. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. There's, there's a photo floating around somewhere uh where i That's spiked sick. my hair and like i used to dye my hair a lot and like sew on my own hand painted patches and all sorts of stuff and i was really into it and i was stoked the only thing that was a bummer is i didn't really have a lot of friends or people around me who were into it as well so that was and- isolating but of course. And especially, uh, as I've heard you mention, like that where you're from and from the Sacramento area is like a little bit more in the hills, a little bit more separated. So yes. with that, I imagine you stuck out probably more than anything. Cause it's like, there's the one street punk kid walking around Sacramento or absolutely. Sacramento. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I, and I was proud of it. Hell like yeah. I had to be different. It was really edgy. It was a very edgy time of my life. Sure, sure. 
what was so this doesn't have to be um within that world but like what was the first concert you went to oh the first this one's really funny um let's hear it in middle school i was really into one direction and so my first concert was at Oracle Arena in Oakland, and it was One Direction. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. It was, it was awesome. I had a great time. But Did you go it with was, friends, or did, was it like a parent took you, or what? I went with my sister, and she's three years older than me, and so she was probably 17 at the time. I was like 14. So That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a great time, but you- I hadn't been to many concerts after that. Okay. Okay. And then once you sort of discovered punk and things like that, like, did you start going to shows in Sacramento? Cause I know there's like Luigi's that's a spot. I think it was oh. like a pizza, pizza spot. You know or what? Something. I've never heard of that. That's so okay. crazy. It, but there is the colony, oh, which is okay. like a smaller spot. Okay. Okay. Uh, and I know they have now a couple like Holy, is it Holy yeah, Diver? Holy that's Diver. Yeah. That venue is cool. Yeah. It's really cool. I actually really like that place. It opened... A couple years ago, so I didn't get to, I've gone to a couple shows there now, but when I was first getting into going to concerts and shows, um, I hadn't, that wasn't a place I was going to, but it was like the Ace of Spades and... Oh, right. That's another spot. Yeah. <laughs> and I was going to a lot of like pop punk and metalcore shows when I was like 17, 18. It was kind of like this little moment, um, lots of little bit of warp Tour stuff going on, but... sure. And that was really the time when I got into going to watch live music on my own. But yeah. before that, I didn't really have the opportunity. Sure. Um, were you, once you kind of discovered like that scene, you know, like that there's these bands that are actually coming to Sacramento and stuff, did you find yourself trying to find the local version of that or was it still just kind of going out to the bigger shows? I wanted to find the local version just because I wanted to be involved. I didn't really, as much as I enjoyed going to shows, I wanted to be like, I had this little dream that I had never to- told anyone that I like wanted to be in a band, but like yeah. I was too afraid to talk about that. And who could I, who could I have talked to about it? Um, so I tried to go to some local shows. There was uh, some stuff that would happen at the boardwalk in Orangeville. Oh, which is, yeah. I played there. Um, <laughs> yeah. And it would be like local pop punk and metalcore, but none of it really like caught on to me. And this was about the time that I was kind of more getting into like street punk and like hardcore and discovering that there was a hardcore scene kind of near me. And I would go to shows actually like local shows in Chico. So I would drive up to Chico. Okay. Um, I had friends who went to school there and I would just spend my weekends going to the shows that were booked there. And they had like a really cool little scene going for a while. And it was just like very punk, very like hardcore punk, straight edge kids. Like it was awesome. I loved it. Um, How did you end up kind of making friends in, in that world? Was it internet friends that you ended up meeting up with in person or? A little bit of both. I'd, I'd have to say like, I, I had, I had met my best friend right now who also was kind of into the same stuff and going through the same transition as me with like kind of metalcore and pop punk and going into like punk music and hardcore. And we both just kind of were bouncing bands off each other. And he ended up going to Chico State. So that's kind of how I ended up going there. 
to, to go to shows, to visit Chico for shows and we'd go together and I just would meet more people. Um, I met my really good friend, Tommy, who booked shows out in Chico and played in a couple bands and my friend, Sean, and they're great. And through them, like I just met more people and going to shows and finding the shows at the Colony in Sacramento and then going to the Gilman, I just kind of met more people and it kind of grew into this thing. Right. Um, yeah, that it's, it's when those moments happen and you, and all of a sudden, you know, you start to, it starts to build and build and build. And then you find out about more things going on and more things going on. And you realize just how big the scene really is. But at the same time, you, you shortly there learn how small the scene is at the same time too, with how everybody literally knows each other. Absolutely. It's um, insane. What's what I find kind of funny or, or not even so much funny is just like, uh, almost a little bit of a bummer is that as you were getting into the older stuff, it's like you started getting into all these bands that don't exist anymore or don't play anymore. Or if they do play, not going to name names, they might be sort of a shell of who they used to be. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's it's a heartbreak. Yeah. You were going from like, you know, seeing all the current bands that were, you know, maybe at their pinnacle of, of success and their shows being big to like, yeah, now I'm getting into bands that haven't, that rarely play, if not don't play or whatever. They don't Um, play the records I like, you know what I mean? Like (laughs) I, I remember that experience a lot and I still have that. There's certain bands that like some of my friends have seen a ton, but I've never seen. And I'm just like, I really want to see that band, but I don't want to see them play their new record. And I I hate to say that, like that's pretty tough, but it's just, there's something nostalgic about getting into something and that's just all you want to listen to. Right. No, that makes total sense. Um, Yeah. I was trying to like, we like uh, we've been on some festivals, especially in like Europe where like, I remember we played with like discharge before and it would, but it's like, but it's like one member from you know whatever and they're yeah. and they're you know they're playing the songs that most people want to hear but it's still just like it's not the same thing absolutely you know? not yeah it's you know i think we <laughs> we we often get sandwiched between things that i'm just like this is not going to go well for us we literally played between doom and discharge no a, way <laughs> i'm just like what are we doing here like this i'm oh honored. my gosh i'm yeah. honored but but i don't think uh touche makes too much sense between these two bands so we're just gonna wave and hope that yeah people don't get mad but for some reason everything kind of works in, in europe it's incredible. and people were nice so yeah i don't even know what to expect from europe like it's I don't know how they are so yeah. i can't even wrap my head around that like has, an energy shift has there been any talk of scowl going over there uh like in yes. 2022 yes so we actually have a tour uh booked and announced like uh with comeback kid in in january incredible. um in europe which i'm really excited about um, incredible we've never played a show overseas um so that's very exciting yeah. Uh, is it a full, a full yeah. tour? It's yeah. Not, it's not like a week or something. It's like a full. Yeah. Long, oh, We're wow. doing a lot. So hopefully knock on wood, it all goes through and everyone stays healthy and it gets to happen. Sure. So I'm just keeping my fingers crossed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I'm excited for you and uh, I'm happy to hear that you're that the first time you're going over there is going to be in the winter. Cause that is, that's yeah. a rite of passage. It's yeah. literally a rite of passage for, for every punk band they need to, I feel like their first time over there should be 
in the coldest time possible. It's going to be so cold. It's going gonna, it's it's gonna to be gonna gnarly. Be, yeah. Uh, it's going to be rainy, but it's going to be yep. the best time. And, and the friends you're going to make on that tour, you're going to have for the remainder of the time you go over there. It's it's a beautiful thing that it's uh, talking to so many bands throughout all the years that like everyone always says the friends you make the first time you go over there, they're going to be with you the whole the rest of the time you're a band. It's really Uh, cool. That makes me so excited. Yeah, you're going to have a blast. I'm excited. I'm excited to watch it uh, through the Internet, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, totally. um, So uh, I'm assuming Scowl is your first band. Yes. Okay. And when did, uh, when, or how did that come your way? Like, had you met some of the members through you discovering all these scenes and then it kind of came to fruition or was it, or how did it come your way? It was kind of immaculate timing, I feel like, because I moved to Santa Cruz about three and a half years ago. Um, I, me and Malachi started dating back then. And so we had always kind of talked about maybe starting a band, but I was a little too scared and, um, he played in bands previously with the, our drummer Cole. And so Malachi finally decided like, okay, we're going to do the band. And he hit up Cole and it was very instantaneous. Um, and it was like writing a demo with, within a month and then recording. And then we played our first show in the span of like two or three months. Um, and so, like, everyone I knew pretty well. We just didn't have a solid basis for a while. It was a good couple months. And then our bassist, Bailey, uh, came around, and now we're just, like, all best friends, and it's really convenient. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, I love that that's how quickly things happen with, like, writing songs, record a demo, start playing shows. Did you, so the rec- did you had a demo recorded before you played a show? Yes. Love that. Love yeah. that. That I, was the goal. Good. Oh, yeah. I, I try. I try to just scream that from the rooftops to everybody. You know, I'm like, yeah. before before you play a show, make sure that like you have it together, and you can maybe give something to somebody at the show, or they can buy something for a couple bucks. And yeah, we had T-shirts at our first show, so that was Pro. cool. I was like, okay, we're gonna do this. We're gonna be serious about it. But like, we're not really that serious of people. So it was. It's it's been fun. I love that. So what was the first show? Uh, it was at Sabrosa in Santa Cruz here, and it was in May of 2019, I think. Um, and it was with a band called Therapy from San Diego, mm-hmm. and they're really cool. Um, that's all I remember. Okay. I, it, was, it was really fun. It was a cool show, and like two of my best friends were there, and they already knew the lyrics and knew them better than me, actually, so that was really convenient. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was just really fun. I was so scared, but it was a great experience. Great first show. So um, a funny thing, which I'm curious to hear you talk about, is when you're fronting a band, you learn so much about yourself that you don't realize once you start performing. Because you're like, I don't know how my body works on stage. Like yeah. what I'm going to do, what my moves are. Like, yep. Any of that. What was that first show like for you? Oh, God. I can't watch the videos because for some reason, like, I kept putting my hand in the air. Like, I don't know why. And I never do that now. Huh. Like, I don't know what I was doing. And the were you beginning... Like, point, were you, like, gesturing? I yeah, I don't know. I literally do not know. I was so nervous. I, like... The memories just kind of blacked out. Like... Sure. 
Um, but I just remember being so anxious and like the first couple of shows we played, I would kind of turn my back to the crowd. Um, and kind of, instead of like really projecting towards people, I would just kind of project to the side. Um, and so it took me a second to learn my own body language while we performed. And now it's, it's really fun. It's a lot more fun now because I am comfortable of course. And like, I've done it a lot more and I kind of learned like, okay, this feels comfortable now. And like, if I go too crazy, then I run out of breath and it's a whole thing. So it's a lot of thinking. You're doing a lot of thinking, even though you're like in the middle of trying to remember these lyrics and have correct tone and volume and all this stuff. It's just happening at once. Yeah, absolutely. Um, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. The, uh, figuring all that stuff out is such an interesting part of, of, of performing just in general. I'm curious, did you do, did you ever do any performing growing up? Like, were you in any like plays or did you do any like theater stuff or anything like that? I always wanted to, but I never had the opportunity to. The closest I got to that, um, was just like freshman year choir, but I, I was an alto. I didn't do anything special. You know, I just was there. Um, I just always had a lot of stage fright and was really anxious about getting everyone's attention on me. So it was like kind of at the back of my head that I wanted to do it, but I was too scared. So Mm. like stepping up to do it finally with a band was a big deal for me personally, just because I had so much fear about it. Yeah. Um, when you always dreamed about being in a, you know, like being in a band when you were in all this stuff, was it as a front person? I think I always wanted to do it. I yeah. was too I was too embarrassed to say something cuz I didn't want to seem like I don't know, like I didn't I didn't want it to come off like egotistical or something. I just I just felt like I should do this. Like I want to do this. Right. I mean, if <laughs> I was I was just I mean, it's easy to make fun of yourself all the yeah. time. Be like be like it's like yeah, you try not to be egotistical, but you know, if you're singing in a band, you're we all have a little we, yeah. all, we all have a little bit. We can we can Absolutely. own it a little bit. Yeah. We kind of well, have we, to. We like the, in we order like to the have, attention. Yeah. In order yeah. to have like that smidgen of confidence to even do it. Like there's healthy ego, at least mm. in my my beliefs, because I grew up as someone who thought having any confidence in myself was like a flaw. You know, like I was really afraid of that. So it's been a really cool learning experience, stepping out of my comfort zone and just being like, no, I, I have to be confident and it's okay. Right. Yeah. And it's help, it's helpful doing it with a band, I think. And I'm curious if you agree, because you have this shelter around you where you have, uh, there's your band's a four piece. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you have three other people who have your back and it's awesome. you can hide kind of with them. Yes. In certain circumstances. It's super awesome. I I love it. I feel like I would feel so lonely if it was just me. Mm. Um, I also love it because like if I'm having a moment where I'm thinking about myself too much, I can look at someone else and just be like, oh, they're kind of doing their thing too. Mm -hmm. Or like someone in the crowd even, you know, it's really helpful that they're there. Have you found um, that connecting with someone in the audience has brought you comfort? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's huge. I think having the audience have energy alone or, you know, seeing someone who knows your lyrics or 
any energy. It, it just is so validating and affirming that like what you're doing is okay. You know yes. what I mean? Um, 100%. And I could talk to anyone and I feel like who like plays in a band and they would feel the same way where it's like, if the crowd isn't moving, it's just, it's just not as comfortable. It, yeah. And there's going to be times, um, you know, and, and I'm sure you've already had them yeah. where <laughs> you maybe play to an audience that is just kind of watching, but yep. if you can find the one or two or 10 or whatever people who are in the room that are connecting with it, like I always look at, I always consider those people home base or my safe zone to where I could be trying to do my thing and try mm-hmm. to win people over and whatever. But as long as you can just zero back in on the people that you're connecting with, that's, that's so valuable. I really like that. I've never thought of that. I, whenever I get faced with a crowd like that, I always just like get really insecure immediately. And I'm just like, I don't know where to look. I like, I'm still learning. So like yeah. that, that kind of moment is, it's really daunting and <laughs> It's it's always going to be there. It's always it's al- a possibility. <laughs> it's always a possibility. We uh, we one time did a full U.S. tour opening for AFI, and like oh, wow. they had the tour had sold out. I think even before we were announced on it. So it's like our our audience had not a chance. So we had only we were only hoping for crossover. You know, like we have to hope that there's some people here who might know. And like I mean, it was. Every night there was little tiny pockets, but some nights were really harder than others. And like, those are die hard. I mean, yeah. I, I've heard you speak. I know you're an, you're you're an AFI fan yourself. Yeah. And like, those are die hard fans. Those yeah. are die hard fans. And like, there'd be nights where there'd be like the people that were there at noon to be right up front, oh and like God. you'd be you'd be playing, and they'd be like texting. Oh on their my phone gosh. Or like turn sideways having a conversation. Yeah. You're just like, oh, you're like, just, what am I doing? I couldn't gets, even imagine. It gets tough where you're like, we just drove 10 hours to get here to play for 30 minutes to people that are like texting or like, so, and you know, and then you have to remember, you're like, well, this isn't our show. You know, yeah. it's like, so you do your best, but it can, it can wear on you, but you know, have, but then when you find the one or two people or 10, whatever it is, it's like, it's very comforting to have that, those people there. And if I ever get a chance to thank them at the yeah. end of the show, I will, you know, like if <laughs> yeah. I see them walking around, I'm like, thank you for being here because you got me through that, you know? <sighs> wow. That's yeah. really cool to hear though. That, that, that experience is synonymous. It's true. It's yeah. pretty true. So the, so that was the first show. And then. Um, since you mentioned that you had recorded the demo before that, who did yes. you actually record the demo with? Is it like in-house? Um, we recorded our demo with our friend Mark, um, who just like records bands in his garage uh, cool. in the Bay. And so he's done a couple of our friends' bands. He's just kind of the homie. Yeah. And he's done, I feel like he's done a lot of the our friends' demos. You know, it's just, it's, the, it's convenient. The go-to friend. The go-to <laughs> yeah, friend. Yeah, yeah, it's so convenient and... I feel like where we are in the Bay, it's just like classic. Like everyone kind of does everything. Everyone's a jack of all trades. So like Mm -hmm. we have a lot of friends who are very capable of recording or taking photos or just like filling in or knowing what to do with gear or whatever. So it's really convenient. Yeah. Uh, What was that first experience recording for you? What was that like? Oh, gosh. Um... It was it wasn't that challenging at the time if I put it in retrospect um 
because the second time recording was more challenging because I really didn't know what I was doing. But the first time I just kind of went for it. And because we had the grace of it being a demo, I kind of got away with not really knowing anything. And of course, like first band, first time doing vocals, that's natural to not know and to really have none of the muscles built in my vocal cords and not really knowing where the sound was coming from or, or like a hundred percent what I was trying to do. Um, so it was daunting, but it got done and it was like super exciting. Cause it's yeah. just like, Oh my God, this is happening. I mean, hearing that back the first time, like in a car or yeah. something like that is like such a special experience. Absolutely. Uh, how many days were you, how many days did it take? One. One I'm day. pretty sure one day. It was all was, in one day. Was the music all recorded live and then just vocals after? Um, yes. Like the drums, guitar, and bass were separate, but yeah, it was. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Got it. I don't know a lot about recordings. So. Oh, you're fine. You're <laughs> fine. Um, yeah, uh, I, I, you know, a lot, of, I have often singers of bands on, on this show, um, and it's a fun thing to always talk about, like how it felt to hear your voice back the first time or hear it isolated where you're like, oh, fuck, that's what it sounds like. I, I was <laughs> like, oh, no. <laughs> I was like, this is going to be a lot harder than I thought. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's it's an interesting thing. Did, um, did you take to writing lyrics uh, pretty quickly or was that something that are, are you like hard on yourself when it comes to writing lyrics or is it more freeing kind of? easier for you to do? It's gotten a lot easier than it was originally. Um, but I've definitely gotten harder on myself. There's lyrics even on our new record that I'm kind of not a fan of anymore. Um, just because it's been so long since we recorded it. But Mm. originally when I wrote the demo, the lyrics flowed pretty easily because I think I was just in a good creative moment when I was writing, but there's been times in the past when I've been writing and just was stuck on something for days and I just felt like I don't think this song is going to go anywhere. Mm. Um, so the, the demo was pretty easy. The first time was pretty so, so pretty easy, but looking back, there's a lot I would change of course, cause it's the first time I did it. I didn't really know what I was doing. Um, but, uh, moving forward lyrics, like I, I've, had the experience now to to know when I'm writing that I don't have to overcomplicate anything and that it can be pretty literal and I can simplify it and it works for me. So that's something I'm really grateful for. for. Right. There's something about the first recording, like doing a demo, for instance, where it's really liberating because you're kind of just doing it with you and your friends, not really expecting anyone outside of your friends to ever hear it. Yes. So there's something really sweet about that where it's, it's like, it doesn't matter. We're just having fun. Yes. But then people do hear it and then people like it and then you have to follow it. And that's, I'm assuming that's where the stress came in where you're like, I need to write better lyrics this time or or however. Yeah. You know, it's so funny because like, I didn't really feel like our demo like there's there's some people who really like the demo and I'm blown away by that cuz <laughs> I can't listen to it that much like um but I remember when I went to sit down to write lyrics again for our following EP and it was like 
this is so much harder because I want to do better, but I don't know how. Mm. And that one was probably the hardest time I had so far writing lyrics. Okay. So when it came to writing this new LP, what do you think changed? I, I let it myself, I let myself enter it with a really simple headspace and I knew to set myself up well with each song just to pick like one or two topics. Um, I didn't need to throw in a ton of metaphors or anything uh, for my writing style. I was just like, I'm going to keep it literal and I'm going to repeat some stuff and I want to focus on it being catchy and I want to focus on some other stuff, not just my poetic aspect. You know, I love poetry and I like writing poetry, but it's when I'm writing lyrics for a hardcore band, I don't necessarily have to do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely not. And it's funny. There's, I feel like there's two extremes and, and the middle is where it gets hazy, but I feel like either writing the most direct, straightforward, you can't misunderstand what you're doing. Lyrics connect with people just as much as the most metaphor ridden or, you know, kind of a thing. It's like those two extremes are what people connect to the most. I think when it's a weird sort of jumbled mix of both is where people maybe get lost. Absolutely. I I agree. I think my, like some of my favorite bands write lyrics that people make jokes about because they're so like metaphorically like confusing or it's like, what are they even talking about? And I'm like, I don't know. I love it. Like, right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like Kurt Cobain's lyrics were always pretty, you know, and he, uh, I think he's even been known to had said like, I don't care about my lyrics. I'm just kind of writing whatever. But I think that what makes that special, and uh, I've always felt this way. I'm curious if you do as well, where like, I feel like that's a cover for someone to not want to be too honest about what they're doing because every so often when they do that, there's a line that is really, really strong. And that one hits you. Absolutely. And not everyone wants to talk about it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, yeah. that's a really interesting boundary to throw up. It is. For sure. I feel like uh, you're, uh-oh, I'm going to throw some sac- Sacramento at you. I feel like Chino from the Deftones is another one that does that as oh, well. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, he's, he, oh. I know he's been known to say he's he doesn't care about lyrics and they're just kind of stream of conscious. But every so often when he hits a line where you're like, fuck. Yeah, so yeah. Um, yeah, uh, there's a few bands from Sacramento that, I, I wrote pretty hard. Did you ever hear, uh, you hear the band Far? Far. Far no, yeah. actually. So no, it's totally. I mean, they broke up in like 98 or something, but they only put out two real albums, but they were in the same world as the Deftones. Like they would, oh. they wrote song. They have a few songs like, like Deftones covered Sade and they yes. covered Jawbox. So the singer of Far is on both of those covers um, wow. with him. Yeah. That's anyway, so cool. I have to check them out. Yeah, I'll send I'll send you the the record. Um, actually, I'll make a uh, I'll make you a playlist of like best songs from both of the records. So it's yes, whatever. Okay, perfect. Um, anyway, so uh, when it came, so the first the the demo and the the first EP both were released by Viewpoint Records, right? Yes. So yes. that's is that um since I I, I looked on like the Discogs page at Viewpoint, I saw that like. 
done something for Tsunami and done something yeah. for, uh, there's another, uh, what was the other band that I knew? Um, anyway, it seemed like it was like very fun based. Is it just like yes. a, is it someone just within your scene that is putting these out? <laughs> it's really funny. Uh, Malachi does Viewpoint and Viewpoint isn't really active that much these days, but, um, he was literally just dubbing tapes out of his living room. Love it. And some friends would hop on it. Like Drain did a promo, uh, Tsunami did it, um, Gosh, who else? I think There's Drain a, was the band yeah, I was thinking Drain, of. Yeah, Drain did one, and um, some other bands did, and they were awesome. It was just really cool that we were just kind of doing it ourselves. It was a good yeah. experience. I love that from an outside perspective, um, when I've watched this this sort of scene that you're a part of start to grow, it feels very family-oriented in the sense of when I think when I see your band being given love it's always in the same breath as drain or gulch or tsunami it's like is that is that fair to say that like this is sort of like a, a very supportive community that you've all started built together absolutely absolutely and i think that's just because like we were all there for the shows where only where there was only 10 people and it was right. at sabrosa and we're like okay well this is the show you know and the touring band is like well, what's this, you know? <laughs> and, and we, we were all there through it and we all are act like friends and we all hang out outside of going to shows and music related stuff. And it's, it's very supportive just because we all wholeheartedly believe that like the only way to get the ball rolling is to just put your friends out there, you know, just support and hype up everyone around you. And, and if at least, no one else notices you have your thing going and it's awesome. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I love that. Um, so Sabrosa is Santa Cruz. Yes. I don't know if I know that spot. I, it's, it's so small. <laughs> is it, is it in that like downtowny sort of area? Yeah. Like near like uh streetlight, like that sort of area? Um, sort of. So it's on the same street. It's on Pacific, but, um, it's just farther down. Like towards the boardwalk or other yes. direction? Yeah, okay. towards the boardwalk. Um, and it's like a anarchist library collective and the space is really small. And we haven't put on a show in there since before the pandemic. And with the way that things have blown up in Santa Cruz and San Jose with shows, like I don't know if we could anymore because mm. a lot more people are coming out, and which is really cool, but it, it's pretty yeah. weird. And right now it's not open for shows yet anyways does the 418 project still do shows the 418 oh my gosh um it's, it's like kind of yes. like right across the the yes. people who are listening are like oh, i know exactly what you're talking about so yeah it's like if you're if you walk out of streetlight and then you cross where there's like the bus yes. station it's yes. right there so that place used to do yes. shows all the time used to be popping that was poppin'. before i came around but okay. um i've heard so many stories about it um I I know it's cool, but it's not a thing right now. And okay, I don't know it, when. There was also a classroom at the college at UC Santa Cruz that would do shows. Really? Yeah. There was That's a, nuts. I'll have to look up what that what the actual name of that spot was. Like the third touche show was there. It That's was like crazy. And our second one was at four four one eight project. But the wow. second but the third one was it was like us, this band uh Batterbrain or Botterbrains. Um and like seven generations or something like that. Oh but my god! Yeah, it was very weird. Uh, but yeah, it's I, I mean I I 
as you like me describing it, like you get to, I love Santa Cruz. It's yeah. like my, it's far and away my favorite place in the Bay, far and away my favorite place in the Bay. It feels like it's, it's its own interesting sub, you know, subculture community that is like no other place in California. Absolutely. It's, it's a really weird place, but I love it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, 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 every time I, I go up to the Bay, I always try to make a, like if I'm going like not Tra- yeah. like with a band like I try yeah. to make a note to to stop in there and just grab some food or go to streetlight yeah. or or anything um, streetlight is the best yeah definitely and I last time I went which was which was just like two months ago or something like that um or maybe longer but anyway I saw that there was another record store right around the corner from streetlight yes. that has meta like a, vinyl yes yes that That's place cool is really really cool as well we have like some really cool record stores and I'm like still super obsessed with it because where I grew up, like I didn't have any cool records in our record stores. So I was just like mind blown when I came to Santa Cruz. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Um, so the new LP who, uh, uh, well actually first with, uh, the reality after reality release, who recorded that same person? Yes. Toshio at Panda. Okay. Um, Oh, oh no! So that's the same person that did yes. the new LP that's coming out. Yeah, Toshio, uh, Charles Toshio. He records out of Panda Studios in Fremont. Okay, he did a great job. Awesome! And how long were you in the studio for that one? For the LP, it was a week. It was okay. like I think five days. Okay. And uh, what did you have any takeaways from that experience that was different from your other ones? Absolutely. I think that experience was like. It was so different because we're like, okay, we went into it with a different mindset, of course, because we're writing an LP and we were really, really driven and devote on it being like this whole thing. So we've we've taken it serious since the beginning. And um, the recording process was really cool on that one. Vocals were the easiest time I've ever had recording vocals because I just was like, so dialed in I think because we had all this time during like leading up with quarantine and we were all just seeing each other and writing these songs and I had a lot to write about and I had a lot to get out and it it was just it was such a good time for the most part I mean there was there was the classic like oh this is going to change last minute even though we were we had this idea about it but you know the compromises are are normal you know, so I expected that. Right. Did, uh, for, forgive me for how I might be off with this question, but is there, cause I know there's a seeds to sow song, yes. which you're singing, like singing, singing. On. Yes. Was there any s- songs like that on the EP before? Were no. you singing? No. Okay. Mm-mm. So that I, w- I didn't want to make the assumption that uh, yeah. this was the first time you're doing that. Um, what was the, m- not so much m- motive. I guess we could say motivation. Yeah. Like what, what, what made the, the band collectively decide like, oh, let's go like, let's have a non-traditional hardcore song. Yeah. I mean. And is there more than just that one? Yeah. So that's a good question. Um, so it's just that one song for now. Um, the band was kind of, we had the idea up in the air and we knew we wanted to do an instrumental. Um, and that was kind of the idea going into it. And then when we were recording, there was kind of like a little bit of talking about me doing some clean vocals on it, but I wasn't for sure. I wasn't sold on it. I didn't want to prioritize it. 
And then we had a little bit of time at the end of recording and Toshio was like, do you want to try it? And I was like, you know, I, I wrote some lyrics that might work and we did it. And it wasn't really the easiest experience because I was like kind of uncomfortable. I had never sang in front of them. It's a and whole other world. I yeah. was just kind of like, I don't know if I can do this, but I did it. And everyone was like pretty stoked. And I was just like, okay, we got this. Like, Had you... Did you know that you can sing like that? Like, was that I mean, something you ever felt confident in, in I, your One Direction days? <laughs> you know, I liked singing always, um, yeah. but I never felt like I could sing, like, Because you mentioned you did choir, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I always enjoyed singing. I always enjoyed, like, singing at home alone. Like, I, I sing, like, all the time when I'm doing stuff. Like, it's just... I don't know. I just like to do it. Um, but I never felt like it was something that I would be capable of doing in front of people or like, you know, like, like I said, solo on a, on and like singing recording, you know? Yeah. So it was, it was really cool. It was definitely an eye opener. I was like, Oh, I, I think I can do this. And what's awesome is that now that you've done this, on this record that's coming out and people know it's a thing. Yes. I like when bands, um, I'm guilt. We're guilty of doing the band. I played We're guilty of doing this. And I, and it's strategic. I promise where <laughs> every record will, will have what I'll call like the weirdo song. Yes. Which it, you push the boundary of what mm-hmm. people expect. And then, so on your next record, you could have more of that mm-hmm. and it won't be such a like, whoa, what the fuck kind of a moment. And then you, Absolutely. Can, you can continue to do that as the band yeah. goes on, you know? Um, I, I love that kind of stuff. Yeah. My favorite bands all do that kind of thing. I'm, I'm just into the weird stuff. I'm into the kind of like, you know, it's, it's in my lane, but it's also a little outside of my lane. And, right. and over time, it just kind of corrodes to this big thing where I'm like, I don't fucking know, but I like it. Right. Right, right, right. Um, oh, that's awesome. So uh, has has the band done any, like, full U.S. tours yet? Not yet. What's I would the, really like to. Yeah, <laughs> what's the, what's the, have you done, like, a weekender? Or, like, shows yes. like, okay. Yeah, what's, so like, we've lo- done West Coast. Okay, like, so from, like, yeah, Southern California up to Northwest? Yeah, so the longest we did um, was 10 days before the pandemic, and it was, basically LA to Vancouver. So we went to Canada and that was really cool. We got like to get dip our toes on being outside of the US and that was so fun. Yeah. Um and then we've just done like the Southwest a bit and then coming up here in December we're going to do the West Coast again and then fly over to the East Coast for the first time and do three dates over there. So I'm really excited about that cuz I've been wanting to get over there. How was your first border crossing into Canada? Uh, getting in was <laughs> uh-huh. seamless. Whoa. Getting in was really, really easy. Yeah. Lucked out. Lucked getting, out. Getting back into America, we got held up. Fuck. It was, it was kind of a pain in the ass. Yeah. Um, we got held up, and the craziest part was we were all kind of worried and I didn't know, none of us really knew that like so much stuff is illegal in Canada. Like I had a knife, I had pepper spray, we all kind of had some shit on us and I was like, oh, fuck, like what are we going to do? Yeah. And we get stopped, we go to secondary and they're like, okay, we're going to search your van. 
and I'm watching from the building, like I can see through the glass windows. They open up the back of our giant van that we rented. Yeah. And it's just packed full of gear. Yeah. And like bags. They open it up, look inside it, and close it. <laughs> Not they worth didn't their do, time. They didn't yeah. know. And we were out and we were back in America. So yeah. thank God it, w- it went like, it was tough at first, but it was easy out and it was fine. But yeah. I was sweating. Oh, it's the it's so yeah. scary. Um, this trick that, uh, and for listeners who ever have to go to Canada, this I, maybe this is advice that I would like to pass along. So the trick that we started to do is we started to, uh, if so we, we'll have be using a trailer. So if they drop the trailer, it's always stressful. You're like, fuck, are they going to oh. go through everything? Yeah. We hang all of our show clothes right on a beam right yeah. when you drop it down all of our smelly gross that's so smart show clothes because they open that's incredible. it and you see the smell hit them and they go nope and just close it right back. i love that that's it's, so smart it's a hack put all your I show clothes right yeah. in the way it's gonna it's good don't do laundry for like yeah, a while no. before let them let them air out right there um <clears throat> it saved us a, a few yeah. times that's interesting you had a hard time getting back in though yeah that's, that's frustrating it was so weird it was like getting in was like we oddly easy they were having a great day they were just chatting us up it was fine but getting back in it was like you're not coming back to america oh. it was it was a little bit um it was sketchy. It was yeah. a moment. <laughs> oh, well, I'm so glad it worked out. I'm so yeah. glad it worked out. Um, well, how was that experience for you, though? Not the Canada thing in general, but yeah. like just like the doing your first like you know week and a half or whatever yeah. it was of shows. Like, did you enjoy being in a being in the van and going show to show? I love it. Yeah. It's like my favorite thing. Like, I don't want to be home. I just, I just want to be doing this. Like, it's yeah. so fun and. And I definitely have moments where I'm tired or I'm like, I'm tired of being around people and I don't get to be alone. And so I've definitely learned how to take care of myself in those moments so far. And like when I need to remove myself, if I am able to, um, and the things that I need to do. And that, that's been like a learning curve to say the least. Um, but other than that, I love it. And I'm just surrounded by stinky boys and it's, Somehow I am I'm having fun. So that's cool. <laughs> yeah, the importance of scattering when you get yeah. to the show is very <sighs> real. Just going for a walk with your headphones yes. or yes. going to get a coffee by yourself. Any of that stuff is so important. It's it's really nice too. Like when I when that finally clicked for me when I was like, why am I getting mad? Like why am I getting an attitude to everyone? And I was like, oh, I need to step away. Mm. When that clicked, I was like, Okay, now now we're on track. Like right. I need to go eat, I need to go close my eyes somewhere. Like I can do this, whatever. Yeah, it's wild how much just maybe eating is the yeah. problem. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Taking care of yourself is kind of crazy. Like yeah. you and you just forget the basic stuff when you're that busy, I think. 100%. Yeah. yeah. And also, I mean, you're on long drives, it's easy to feel claustrophobic and cranky and all oh, yeah. those sorts of things. Um, well, awesome. Well, I, I this has been a blast. Let me let me hit you with the last question, which I like to ask okay. everybody, uh, which is, um, when was the first time you felt like you were doing the thing that you had been working so hard towards? Oh, gosh. I would say that feeling is pretty, I had pretty recently. 
Um, just because it, it's it's been such a whirlwind of energy and more attention than I've ever received through playing music um, recently. And I had a moment the day we released our first single, I think, um, and I was at work, which is funny because I, I wouldn't expect, I think there's kind of two moments like this that mm-hmm. go hand in hand where it's like, I had this moment and I was like, it fully sunk in that I deserved it. I was like, I do deserve the praise. Like I did that. Like I worked really hard for that. And that was like, okay, I, I'm doing the right thing for myself. I always kind of knew it, but I, it wasn't like, it didn't set in yet. Yeah. And then when we were playing our set at, um, we played a surprise set. Uh, not that long ago, a couple nights ago at a show in San Jose. And I didn't really know what to expect because we've never done that. And it was just kind of on the fly. And I realized when we were playing that, like, there was a lot of energy and a lot of excitement and a lot of people singing the lyrics. And I was just like, okay, this is, this is right. This is yeah. cool. I'm doing it. Yeah. It was really special. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, because you put yourself in a funny position if you're like, yeah, "Yeah, we're going to do a surprise set. And then like maybe people aren't that enthusiastic, but you do the surprise set and the place goes off. That was like the most validating experience so far that I've had in my life, I think. It was just like, oh, like people are excited. Like I'm allowed to be excited. This is great. Right. Uh, One... I, I love that answer. I love that answer. When you said that I deserve this thing, I'm not going to lie. I, for some, I don't know what, what I'm going through right now, but I got a little misty eyed. That was that's, like, truthfully, like that's like yeah. a, that's a really important thing to feel, uh, you know, yeah. and you know, I think that, you know, you mentioned earlier, we're talking about like the healthy amount of ego and things like that. But yeah. like we, I think ego is so often, um, told is, is only the worst thing possible or, or whatever. And it can be depending on how you use it. But, um, I think it is important to remember that we, if you work hard, you should feel good about it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think I just always felt like I wasn't sure if I was allowed to enjoy the, the fruits of my labor. Right. And, And to have a moment where it was like, no, like I've worked really hard and I'm allowed to admit to myself, like I do deserve this. Like yeah. that was totally crazy for me. And it was like, okay, I- I'm going to start thinking like this more often. Right. And good for you for being able to point it out to yourself because that's hard. That's harder than anything. Yeah. It's daunting. It's scary. It's, yeah. it's, it's a big moment. Definitely. Definitely. Um, one, I have notes in front. If you've ever seen me during this interview, if you've seen me look up, it's because yeah. I have notes taped on my wall. I taped <laughs> on my wall here. Um, one last thing I forget, I wanted to mention, I really love both music videos that you've done for this record, which seem really, they seem like they were fun to make. I see that Malachi directed them, which is yes. really cool that you have that um, that sort of an eye within the band. It seems like Malachi is... is a really strong asset in your oh, band. Oh, he's he is incredible. He's a powerhouse. It, it seems like it. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Um and uh I was just like uh I guess just kind of a silly question, but like did you enjoy making those music videos? They seem as or did they were they as fun to make as they seem to be? Absolutely. It was it was a lot of fun. I think the the Bloodhound music video, the one where we're like kind of walking around. Yeah. 
was There's a like lot slight, of slight Jay and Simon Bob energy. Yeah, with the, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. Ugh, I, I don't know if that was on purpose. But no, that's, that's what I like that's my favorite. Like I love Clerks. We we all love Clerks so much. So that it's is one, a, it's one of the greats. Yeah. Hearing that it uh, that's <laughs> that a big someone deal. pointed Thank it you. out. That yeah, someone realized yeah. it. Okay, yeah. Um, I, I could quote that movie probably from start to finish it's Just, so good yeah it's so i good. love it um yeah that one was a lot more hurry up and wait that whole day and so it was a very long day and at the end of it i was very burnt out yeah. so it was very fun lots of really cool hangouts and like one of the first times i really got to see a lot of my friends oh, who sure. played music and stuff like since the pandemic so it was like it was really fun and exciting but i was more tired the second one the seeds to sow video that one was that one was really fun just because like there were certain aspects to the the filming that like were were tested me more if that makes sense they they challenged me more like cuz i i haven't really been on film like that like i haven't there's a lot of close ups on you yeah yeah and i was just like kind of having a hard time but i learned a lot and so i really appreciated the experience yeah Sure. Yeah. Music videos are, that's a whole, I mean, we get into this stuff, not expecting to ever do a music no. video. You're like, I'm yeah. just playing, I'm yelling in a microphone with my three yeah. friends. That's what I'm doing. And then all of a sudden now you're doing promo photos and you're yeah. making music videos. It's kind of crazy. And the, the cool thing about the music videos is Malachi does them and he comes up with a lot of the ideas and he has a film degree. So he wants to use that. He wants to use that degree for something right As now. As he should. You know? As he so. should. Yeah. It's and he's doing great, so I love it. He's is killing he, it. Is he doing music videos for other bands too? No, but I hope he does. I really hope listeners he does. out there, yeah, just just hit up Malachi because I, I mean, I was I was taking I was like, not only does it look great, it's shot well, it's lit well, it you know, it's very professional looking, and it's it's got a story that often storyline videos can be a little rough, but it's like yes. not it's not too it's not too much of a story. It's like, you're just having fun as it's going. And the song, songs are short enough to where it's like, it's over and done with. And you've had a good time. That's yeah. all you could hope for with a music video. Yeah. You know, especially not, for a hardcore band. Totally. I don't know. I, I think like keeping it simple, it's not like too serious, but like we're still trying to do something, you know? Yeah. 100%. Well, this was a blast. I appreciate uh, you giving me your time tonight. Cat, this was uh, this is fun. I, I haven't seen your band play live yet, so I'm hoping when you come down in uh, did you say it was December when you're doing West yes. Coast? Cool. Yes. I'm I'm gonna come out to the show for sure. Oh, sweet. Thank you. All right. Take care. Okay. Thank you. And that's our show. Thank you so much to Kat for coming on. And thank you for listening. If you want to hear that bonus episode, hit up patreon.com slash the first ever Patreon. And if you haven't subscribed to the show on uh, Apple or Spotify or, or wherever you're enjoying this, I would really appreciate that. Don't forget to rate and review the show over on Apple. I think that's it. Take care of yourself. Have a nice rest of your week. Bye bye.